And I think it's always something I have to remind myself of is like trying to see art and creation and just creativity as something that is like not just intrinsic to me, but to like everyone. It's not something that's limited to people who are expressly creating like to put stuff out there to grow a platform to be able to do this to support yourself. And like the little ways that you go about just living your day, there's art in that. In the same way that people say, like, there's magic in everything. Yes. Like, there's art in everything, too. Like, even growing up, like, doing construction work with Dad, like, there's an art to that. And I can see that in the way that he speaks that and expresses it. So, yeah, I think that's a good perspective, one that I'm trying to keep holding close to myself. Yes, I think that's such a good point. And I think that's why we love having such various artists on the podcast and within our community because... So often I feel like we have to view art as this very binary thing, and I feel like it's so fluid, and that's what makes it so cool. So you mentioned, like, it can be hard for you, Donnie, to kind of remind yourself of those things. Do you feel like there are certain things within your current perspective or past experience where there's been barriers for you to kind of feel like what you do isn't true art? Absolutely. So, like, I guess I've been, like, creating art, however you want to view that, like, mm-hmm. s- since forever, since childhood or whatever. Yeah. But I never, like, grew up having that be, like, my thing or what I was going to do or, or what, like, I was known for. Yeah. It was just, like, kind of a hobby. Mm. And then uh, as I got older and did have interest in that it was kind of just coming from a place of insecurity of like looking around me and like seeing my peers and I'm like oh shit like they take this shit so seriously like that's Mm -hmm. what it takes like I guess I'm not gonna do that like wow and then it sort of just started a like internal cycle I guess of like downplaying my creativity or like making it not as important or not as valid or real to me But that's something that I'm working through for sure. And just like, especially having like moved out, been living out from my parents for the past two years, a little Mm -hmm. over, I think. And just like being able to live in this world, like solely going off of like my gut, my intuition and like my perspective. Like I totally see like everything in my life differently now, including art. Mm -hmm. And so like, I do feel a push to kind of 
get past those barriers and put my stuff out there, but it's hard, and I don't think I'll ever, like, get past those barriers. I think I'll just have to, like, jump over them each time. It's imposter syndrome. We've talked about it so many times, but do you feel as though, like, was that pressure coming from if I can't make a living out of it, if it's not air quote serious enough, then why would I almost check that box about my personality or put it out there to people that I'm an artist or I'm creative if I'm not going to be, you know, serious about it? Was that where that came from? Yeah, I mean, I think it comes from, like, so many places. Like, if, like, we got into, like, the psychology of why it is that I have those, I love the dual sit moment. If we, like, got down to the psychology, like, you could probably get it down to, like, family dynamics, like, how treatment in school, all of these different things, but, like, that definitely plays a role in it, yeah. I think that's a really good point, though, Allie, that you're making, too, as you talk about your past experience and, and kind of where you are now, Johnny, is this idea of, like, am I fitting in this definition of an artist? And I find yeah. that we come across that question in many things that we do in our lives, right? Like, am I good enough to be this? Am I am I able to fit in this box or in that box? And I think sometimes it's really hard because when we try to fit in boxes, we actually can be quite far from who we really are. And I feel like that's something that I've admired from you, Johnny, is that you, at least from the world of Instagram where I've seen you right. is kind of be like, I don't need to fit in a fucking box. Like I can do my own thing and I can create my own box. And so I'm wondering for you how your journey and your experience personally, like as you're mentioning, like moving out, you know, finding your own intuition, your own independence. Mm -hmm. How do you feel like that's kind of, translated into your art like do you feel like you're able to do more things with your art do you feel like you're kind of being more risky or more like challenging yourself in any way or trying new things that you wouldn't have tried before yeah honestly I think like with that sort of newfound independence it honestly changed like how I was creating a lot like when I first moved out I was very much so like drawing and sketching every day um, amongst like other things, I was also a lot more spiritual in that time. But like since moving and coming to New York, I've stopped drawing a lot. I've kind of like shift focused into just like, I mean, it sounds like it's not an art form, but just going out and having fun. I truly believe that just living your life, not having to worry about like school or job or anything and just like having fun with your friends, like that's a fucking beautiful painting right there. Like, that's yes. all I really want right there. But I think it also, and, like, doing that has opened up new doors to me for, like, things that are piquing my interest. Right. I think now I have a lot more respect and interest into, like, DJs, beat makers, people who are creating music on ways that aren't just utilizing traditional instruments and, like, songwriting. Also, like, on the topic of, like, the boxes and stuff, stepping out of the box, I'm trying to do some modeling, get into that. Mm. I actually just took the um, digitals to submit yesterday with my friend. That's awesome. Um, yeah, but it was Johnny, another, it was with legs moment. like yours, it would be a crime to not see them on a runway. Oh, I can't get it straight anymore. <laughs> we just, I need to find this. I'm going to find this 
photo to promote it with this episode. There is one photo of Johnny with our grandmother, and you can so clearly see where Johnny gets their legs. Oh, they yeah. are <laughs> oh, it's just that. the two of them in swimsuits, just all legs. I am like a preemptive reincarnation of our grandmother yeah. like, entirely. <laughs> There's no way that like her essence isn't fucking in me. So let me ask you this, Johnny. How did that feel for you? Do you feel like some of that came from your experience within drag? Like, did someone, as Ali's mentioning, like encouragement to try new things like this? Or was it ever something that you thought you couldn't do or always wanted to do? Oh, so it's been something I've wanted to do for so long, especially since like doing drag at such a young age and getting exposed to the world of like, fashion but also like costume design and just putting together an outfit or a look for yourself from what you have Mm -hmm. and what's available to you like it's always just intrigued me and I've always wanted to be a part of that world in some extent and like be that pretty bitch on the runway (laughs) wearing the clothes but like there is like so much stress that comes with like actually saying the words I want to be a model and not feeling like one judged for the decision to judged for how you look as soon as those words come out of your mouth everyone is like well now I'm a scout and like Mm. I'm gonna judge your appearance and whether I think you can do that but then there's also the pressures that come just like from that industry and like we were talking about earlier with like feeling put in boxes or feeling like you need to put yourself into a box to be marketable or acceptable and that was something that with like taking digitals again I was like I don't really, like, I feel like I'm putting on this, like, blank canvas mm. and just, like, with that's what it is. That's what digitals are. But it's kind of, like, difficult and weird to, like, take yourself apart, to, like, take very simple pictures and put yourself out there and be, like, how do you like me just as I am, as plain and simple as it is? Like, wow, yeah, it's daunting. really rough. Yeah. It's rough. But... At the same time, like, it's kind of what I have to do if I want to be on those runways and wear those clothes. That kind of is springing something else for me. So especially with me working with Emma, and I I would never dare to call myself a model, ever. (laughs) But working with specifically with Emma and being on the opposite side of cameras or whatever, in my brain before that, a model was simply you know, that blank canvas where the director, a creative director, a photographer, a videographer would would move and style and shoot them accordingly. Mm -hmm. If a model is not in tune with what is trying to be created, it it falls apart. It absolutely Mm -hmm. falls apart. Mm -hmm. And so in that sense, I fully can see and would define a model as an artist. There's not a world where I would never define them as an artist. But kind of going back to the digitals, does it make you nervous where you're talking about here I am now, a blank slate, you create something with me. Do you get nervous that you would book a job and then it put they put you in a box and you get stripped of who you are to a degree? Does that make you nervous at all? I would say like, honestly, no. I think just working in food service, they put me in a box and fucking strip me down. Like, I like I know that, like, if you want the check, you kind of got to play the game sometimes. And with modeling, it's so, like, temporary. You're in mm-hmm. the time that you're in that outfit taking pictures or displaying it on a runway or whatever you're doing. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of, like, take it off and go home. So I don't think it's anything that I really worry about with, like, 
my identity as an individual because like at the end of the day I'm still gonna like come home to my apartment and be like girls what are we wearing tonight and like right. get dressed in a stupid fucking chicken outfit and go right <laughs> so. I think that's a really good point though too is how one there are many things just in general in our lives that we have to do that we might not love but it's kind of like as you're talking about it being a temporary thing you know I kind of think of it as like what are the steps you know you can't just jump to the finish line there are certain steps that you have to take in order to get to where you want to be the second thing I wanted to say is how many times within art and other creative forms we might be taking different forms of ourselves and putting ourselves out there and then coming back to who we are right so I'm sure you have felt that capacity in some forms of drag, right? Where you may totally love what you're wearing and you may wear it out or you might not wear it out. And that doesn't mean that you can't still be creative and still be expressing your way on stage, even though that you might not technically wear that exact thing. So it's kind of going back to the ways in which we express ourselves. It's really nice that you're already reminding yourself like well no matter what I do out there I know I can come back to my space and be who I am and I feel like that's something that's really important to remember yeah and it's also something that's like important to build for yourself because it's like it took me a year of living here to really kind of build that like solid foundation of like being comfortable like and at home in my space here and it's like something that like I have to build like community wise with my roommates I have to keep those relationships very like respectful but also like fun and friendly and right there's just so much that goes into it so you just kind of mentioned your roommates and I do want to circle back to this idea of community and you mentioned that you've been in New York for two years uh took about a year to get comfortable and I'm assuming that the community that you found there played a big role in making you comfortable there and helping you find yourself and decide what you want to kind of be doing in New York. How have those relationships impacted where you are now? And what do you think would happen if you did not have those relationships around you for support? Um, so the first people, that's a really good question, by the way, but the first people who come to mind are my roommates and my bestie here, Casey. Casey is the one who really has been on my ass about modeling in general because we both kind of share that dream and those similar interests and passions. Um, so he has like definitely been that voice I need to remind me like, girl, you're the one that wants to do this. Like, come on, let's go. Like, why aren't you? And then Casey has also introduced me to so many beautiful people through the horchata parties here in New York. And honestly, just like surrounded by your community, by people who share a lot of the same experiences as you but also share a lot of the same interests and like how you like to present and go out and serve and play the part dance to the music um my roommates have just been like honestly not to anyone no one can take your place ali no one can take your place but they have been my girls my sisters here they take care of me they give me advice they keep me sane and we smoke together so it's the perfect setup um <laughs> And then Casey has been really good about just being a good friend on like the casual low down days, but also being the friend to motivate me to do what I want to do. He was the one who helped me take these digital 
pictures yesterday for modeling. Um, he invites me to the after parties for the shit he goes to. He introduces me to his friends. Um, I really, I don't know where I would be. I would be a lot less happy without them, for sure. I think that's a really nice thing in this way of community within relationships and friendships and networking, right? Like, it's really nice when certain parts of our lives can just overlap in that way. And I think about that even with the House of Willows, when a lot of this is someone could look at it and be like, oh, that's networking. And it doesn't even feel like networking. Like, I feel like when I think of the word networking, I think of this very, like, rigid you know, like corporate America wearing a suit type of deal. And it's like, no, we can be networking at a bar or at a club or at an art show or a festival or a photo shoot. And it just feels so intuitive to have these relationships and to trust these people, right? Because I think that's another thing too, just regardless of what you're doing, Johnny, just moving to a new city is is really hard. I think a lot of times we are known to romanticize it and it can totally be romanticized and at the same time there are definitely a lot of hardships that come with that just in terms of outside of your art just in terms of taking care of yourself and so it's really nice to know that these people within your life are there to support you as you and your dreams and goals and values you know I feel like oftentimes we don't always have those relationships, unfortunately. Sometimes they're more scattered, which is okay, but it sounds like yours are kind of overlapping, which feels really nice. Yeah, it definitely is really nice and something that, like, I don't want to take for granted. I definitely wish, like, like you said, the first probably, like, five, six months of living here were, like, so awful, you guys. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was not fucking fun. Like, I was not taking advantage of it. I was, like, I romanticized it for about two hours. <laughs> And uh, it was like, did it go away until I turned 21 and could go <laughs> dance and release that? I don't even, I can't even put into words how important it is for me. I think that this first year here has been super fundamental in terms of like building a foundation for me where I now don't have to feel insecure about wanting to do what I want to do and having the dreams that I have. Um, so I couldn't be like any more grateful for it. Anytime I've moved anywhere, I've had some sort of a network there. And especially when you're trying to move somewhere new where you have no network and you're looking for people who you share interests with, how did you find them? I wouldn't know where to start. I genuinely wouldn't. Yeah, honestly, mine kind of just like, I really kind of got lucky. So like I found my roommates through Instagram. There was a trans model who I followed from here who was friends from home with my roommates now and put this apartment on their story. So I hit up Clea, my roommate now. And so that's how I found my roommates who are some of my best friends here. And then Casey, actually, I didn't know in person from back home, but we met through Tinder like in high school and we're like online mutuals for a while. And so then cool. we, yeah, we moved here around the same time. Um, so I guess like I kind of like it was a mix of like luck, the like social media, and then a little bit of like connections that I had already mm -hmm. had. Beyond that, beyond like my core people, like branching out beyond that, it's all just been from like going out, honestly. You meet like the coolest people just by like going out and like 
complimenting like the way they look or like just one thing about them like start a conversation in line it's just like you just have to be like a little bit outgoing which is really hard especially yes. when you're out alone i hate going out alone but sometimes i try and force myself to yes that's I good kind of that idea right it takes this energy right to be outgoing and to kind of force yourself even if that feels a little uncomfortable sometimes and I think honestly that is as you mentioned a form of art within itself is that there are many times where we have to push ourselves through these uncomfortable moments to grow and to meet people and to reach the networks and communities that we want to reach and I think that's also mixed with just like pure authenticity from you is just this idea of like, you're not just commenting on anyone's outfit. You're going to comment on one that you actually like and be like, I really like that. Or, you know, like I, I feel yeah. like those moments are, are important. Very important because it, all, it has to be genuine too. Like you yeah. don't want to start that on a foundation of like being like I love your skirt and you fucking hate the skirt yeah. like <laughs> you could just... do it in a different way you could be like oh my god girl like this skirt where is that even from oh my god like yeah <laughs> you, could, you just gotta like play it <laughs> <laughs> I love that I love that I, yeah. I I think too that having this expression within yourself and also knowing that these networks came more available once you turned 21, which of course makes sense for you to yeah. feel that way in a large city. I'm curious how that has maybe changed in terms of ways in which you express yourself. So knowing before you were 21, it sounds like you were utilizing maybe some creative spaces, whether that was drawing or painting or hanging out with certain friends as this form of release of um, emotion or energy or creation. But now that you had turned 21, it sounds like that had shifted. And so just curious on how that kind of played out for you. Yeah, so it kind of like, I guess it all was kind of like a sandwich of like how I was getting my release. I started doing drag at like 16 or 17. And I was really lucky in the fact that we had a physical space to host underage drag shows like regularly. So that was my artistic escape and release for a while. And it was also the first place where I ever had a queer community of, well, honestly, all of us turned out to be trans. So I'm just gonna say like trans sisters, even though at the time, not all of us were out as trans, <laughs> but we also were kind of idolizing that 21 plus setting because that was where like the cool kids were. That, yes, was, that was our right. end goal. We were all like, we're gonna move to New York and do drag together. Yes. And uh, I was on an upward tick on that for a while. I was performing like farther and farther out from New Hampshire and then COVID hit. And that's when I really went back to the more like individual ways of artistic expression like my drawing my spirituality and then coming back to the city i kind of dropped that as soon as i could and ran right back to the club ah. this thing for i think for me that's like the best comfort and release because it's like drag was super fun but it wasn't always a safe space especially after i turned 18 and was at like the fucking 603 bar and lounge in dover new hampshire on like a sunday i had like high school the next morning yeah. and there was, like, a, 
40 year old like gay man trying to give me some fucking drugs like being a creep but here it's so much better because it's people my age and there's so many shows that they're so specialized to like what your interests are in terms of like music or whatever that like I don't really run into that so much anymore and so I think just like the club has become a very safe space for me and dancing I'm kind of loving dancing, you guys. Another art form, dance. Yes. Yeah, my my roommate Clea is a really, really amazing dancer. She studied at Bolshoi, which is like the top academy in Russia. Um, so cool. But she's teaching me how to shuffle. We go out all the time. She's such a good shuffler. Um, and oh, so just finding cool. like those, I think physical releases for me are the most gratifying because like, there's some really good music playing and you're just like, mm, mm, mm. and then you start jumping, yes. jumping, and then you're like, yes. yeah, it's like no, no other form of art has given me as much release and like euphoria. As and dance. do you think it's the culmination of the music, the dancing, getting to dress and express yourself? Like, do you think that all culminates in it being the club, like that being yeah. kind of your safe haven oh. now? Oh, it's all of it. It's I've taken so many of the aspects of drag that gave me the joy, which is like getting ready, being with queer people who I love and I'm familiar with, dancing and performing. But now it's so much better because I'm not like the only one on stage. I don't have to like hold a crowd. I don't have to host. I don't have to be a personality. Like I just get to like show up as a hot bitch. I'll perform for who's around me because they're going to look. <laughs> but I'm just there to have fun with my girls and then you leave. It's great. Existence is art. It's not this tangible thing all the time. Sometimes it's on a piece of paper, but more often than not, it's just within the existence of individuals and like communities. Absolutely. And I think that's like the point that I've been like trying to get across both in this podcast and to myself is that like, I'm already doing enough and I already am creating. Mm. That's a good point. I was going to mention that in this way of how oftentimes you feel like, oh, I'm only worthy of this art if I do X, Y, and Z. And it sounds like in your scenario, Johnny, that might have looked like drag, right? Like I can only be an artist if I'm consistently performing at drag shows. When in reality, what you just explained is that you were able to take all of the aspects you enjoyed from drag and put them and display them in a new way for yourself that's more comforting and i think that is so important for artists to hear no matter what medium that they're in i mean even for me as a photographer i think it's really nice to hear because whatever medium we're in, I feel like we're always thinking like, oh, I should be doing this. And it's like, well, no, you don't have to do that, especially if you don't like to do it, right? Like, I, that's what I really want to get across is like, if you don't like to do it, or you don't like certain aspects of a art or medium, take those away and bring and, and rediscover or recreate something else. And it sounds like you're able to do that, which again, is bringing you so much more joy and comfort and you're able to do it now for a longer amount of time whereas if you forced yourself to do drag you might have burned yourself out altogether and would have stopped doing everything absolutely like that is so incredibly true and i think that's part of why i've been like oh like i want to go back to drag but then i never do here because it's not necessarily something i need right now it's not 
fulfilling that purpose anymore. And also when I was doing it as, especially when I first started, it was for me, but like drag is also so much about like pleasing the crowd that like, performance, I was, like yeah. yeah, it is performance and like, it is fun to perform for other people. And I know that like, there are spaces where you can do like whatever you want in drag, but I just know that if I got back into it, I would like feel the pressure of what drag is in this day and age, especially with like the trajectory of like drag in the mainstream is like only going up. Right. And with that, it's funny how like the bigger it gets, the smaller the image of what a drag queen is. I don't know if that's something that I necessarily need to get back into. I don't know if it's something that I really have anything to contribute mm. that I wouldn't be able to contribute in different ways and in ways that kind of excite me and are new like music making that would be fun i think that's a way for me to like work a crowd that i could really enjoy right this recognition of if it's not going to serve me and i and i don't feel like i need it or want it i'm not gonna put my energy out there for it no so with all of that in mind what are some of your like bucket list goals as far as like big goals i would just love to walk any runway on fashion week like well not any runway like i don't want to wear ugly clothes like i don't <laughs> want to do valentino because we all see how they treat their models put them in fucking stilts of heels and let them just crumble down the stairs <laughs> <laughs> and i also guess i wouldn't want to do a um show with like celebrities in it if you've seen the one where like saucy santana walks right sorry i'm getting on such a tangent that's okay <laughs> this is what this is about this is your bucket list okay. goals okay so walk a cool runway in fashion week i guess would be my only real goal for it i'm not like super intrigued by the idea of like covers or like photo shoots i mostly want to like wear the clothes and walk in them i don't know i like the idea of being a mysterious figure I like, I'm not going to be an influencer. I'm not going to have, like, a social media. I think so often our initial thought is, oh, I have to make it big and be big on social media and have this massive following and all this shit. And it sounds like your goal is to kind of just be there for yourself, which is really important, right? You're like, I don't want to do this for anyone else. Like, I don't need the followers. I'm going to do it for me. This idea of having this, you know, bucket list goal and also feeling like a little ambivalent about other things is a good place to be. And I say that to you and I'm saying this to the listeners out there because I think so often we feel like I have to know everything and I have to be comfortable with everything. I think that's something I'm really trying to like be better at is just like doing it, like yeah. just actually starting and not like spending so much time thinking about it and all the different like paths it could lead me and like, what could happen what could go wrong like there's just so much that you can overthink about yes. things like modeling and like trying to get into making music and yes. anything like that like there's so much to think about but then i'm like well i'm not even there yet like i have to start learning like yes. I to, like I, like i'm not at that point so why am i even bothering to think about that like i just have to do what i can right now and for me that was just take the pictures on your phone, submit them on your phone. And you know what? If they like the structure, go buy the house. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Do a little 
Well said. Love it. <laughs> Love it. To just kind of wrap us up here, we like to, we do like to end on this note um, to just kind of allow us to open up a bunch of different paths for conversations. What is something you wish more artists or more people were talking about more or making less taboo or being more open about anything like that you would love to be discussing? I would love for across the board in every industry, but for the sake of this conversation, I'll say modeling. I would love for it to just be more open to transness. And like, that's funny because like, there are obviously a lot of trans models. They profit off of our like unique androgynous looks. But when you go to actually apply to these companies, it's like women, men. And I'm kind of like, well, which one do I pick? Like, Mm. it's going to be more like, I like, and it leaves me. I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Right. I that it was just more open for anyone to apply. So it sounds like you're. It's. It can feel quite performative when we see trans models in certain areas, and in, in terms of the agencies that are supporting them. And it sounds like in your experience, Johnny, even just applying, you felt excluded because it was this binary female or male woman or man instead of having an option i mean it's very easy to create another option (laughs) yeah it's like a google form yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's yeah like this is easy like it is easy and like i think it's hard like so much of everything today is performative like a lot of the biggest pushes and like representation are performative in nature. Like they're not, these companies aren't usually doing it with all the right reasons in their mind. Like they're doing it because they know that it's what's required of them, at least on like the like base level. Like we had to at least say something. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like no one's actually like, if these companies were committed to ending the issues that come with like they would because they could because they have the money and they have the power exactly but exactly so i guess like kind of all of it is a bit performative Mm -hmm. but it's just frustrating because it's like you could perform a little better like you could try you could like take singing lessons like you could like come on like if you're gonna perform for us at least like perform well like right let us be delusional about it too. Right. Come on. I get that. I, yeah. I can understand that. And I think too, Johnny, at least in my perspective, I definitely see you going into this industry and making that change, whether it's in the forefront of your brain or not. I definitely see you making these paths to just curate change and make it more accessible for your community. And I think that's really awesome. And I'm looking forward to it. Thank you. I definitely think, I mean, there's like so many trans models and I'm just like happy to like walk on the paths that they've forged, but there's, turns out to be a way where I can push the envelope just a little bit further. I mean, I would love to do that, of course. So thank you. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Johnny. This was such a good episode that we've been looking forward to since like 
we started Willow Talk. I feel like we were like, we need to have Johnny on the show. Um, you were. You were on our original list yes. one year ago. One year ago. Um, so before we go, can you share with us, Johnny, how listeners can follow you and stay in touch? Um, I think the best way would just be through my Instagram, which is shark teeth with a period after shark. Um, I'm always posting the looks that I wear there. Always posting funny shit on my story, just hanging out and having a good time. All right. We will put that in the show notes. Yay. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you again, Johnny. Thank you, dolls. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Willow Talk podcast. If you like what you hear, make sure to subscribe to Apple Podcasts or Spotify and leave us a rating and review. Feel free to share with a friend or a fellow creative and follow us on Instagram at The House of Willows. Learn more about the podcast and events on our website, www.thehouseofwillows.com.